Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. We're taking a look at the strategies for overcoming fear. One of the things you find, we said stress opens the door for all sorts of things to happen in our heart. But when fear steps in, what it happens is that it stops, up, it stops us on our tracks. You find that you are not able to make the progress you are supposed to make because of the element of fear. And we want to start this very morning by looking at that particular strategy. How do you overcome fear? How do you overcome the overpowering power of fear over our lives? Book of Genesis chapter 3. Reading from verse number 1, the Bible tells the story that we all refer to popularly as the fall of man. And let me give you a little bit of background so that we don't read the entire chapter. In verse 1 and 2, we are told about the encounter and the exchange of Eve with the serpent, which is the representation of the devil. Verse number 4, the serpent started sowing the seed of doubt in the heart of Eve by saying, has the Lord actually said? In other words, questioning the integrity of the Almighty God. In verse 5 through to verse number 7, we saw how, how Eve fell for the deception of the enemy, ate the fruit, gave it to her husband, and they also ate. So we'll pick it up from verse number 8. In verse number 8 of Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says, and they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the tree of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. Now from this verse of the scripture, you will see that the action of Adam... Is you know was you know you see the action of Adam was something that was that is characteristic of what we all do when we have disobeyed a commandment. We see that Adam's reaction is the to the call of God after his disobedience is typical of what most people will do, especially when you are caught driving. Say you're you're supposed to be driving on the 40 miles per hour road and you are hitting 60 or you are hitting 70. As soon as you see the police, what is the first thing you do? You try to slow down and if you can't slow down, you try to get out of the way so that it is a typical reaction when we are caught with, you know, when we are caught with our hands in the cookie jar. Adam's reaction is very common expression of what most people will, of the way people react when they are in a fearful situation. We do two things. We try to hide or we try to avoid the situation. When Adam sinned, he knew he had done something wrong. And his, 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 his natural tendency, the tendency for him was to try to hide or to avoid the situation. The question is, why do we do that? Look at Genesis chapter 3 again. Look at verse number 10. The Bible says, and he said, I heard the voice of the girl. I heard that voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. The Bible is basically saying that because of fear, that resulted from disobedience, Adam hid himself. Because of fear, that resulted out of the disobedience, Adam hid himself. The question is, what is fear? 
This thing that we call fear, what is it? Now, before we go into the definition of fear and begin to understand and unravel what fear is all about, we need to understand that fear is a multidimensional thing. In other words, it has different angles, it has different faces. And unless you understand the different faces, you may not be able to respond to it accordingly. And because of the different faces of it, you have to be able to deal with the different angles in order to be able to have victory over fear. To effectively deal with fear, we must understand its multidimensional nature and respond to it accordingly. So what is fear? Number one, fear is an emotion. Okay, Fear is an emotion. There's a particular popular psychologist that, that defined fear. He said, fear is an anxious feeling caused by an anticipation of some imagined event or experience. A feeling, an anxious feeling caused by an anticipation of some imagined event or experience. And I want you to focus on that, on that definition. I want you to focus on one thing there. On one word. The emphasis is on the word imagined. Okay, it's on the word imagine. This tells us that fear in most cases is an emotional response to something that has not yet happened. A response to something that has not yet happened. You are seeing something and you imagine that, okay, this might be the outcome. This might be the result. And you react based on that imagined outcome that has not yet happened. In other words, there are some popular preachers that have been able to put it together and they call fear a false experience that appears to be real. False experience that appears to be real. So the first thing you need to know about fear is that fear is an expression, is an expressed emotion that caused that is caused by our anticipation of some imagined event or experience. Number two, what is fear? Fear is a reaction to information processed in your mind. There is an information that your mind, there is a situation that your mind, your body sees, your eye sees, and information sends emoji, send that, send that uh, image to your brain. Your brain interprets it and sends the result to you, and you react to it. Fear is a reaction to information processed in the mind. The feeling of fear that we experience when we are afraid of any particular situation is basically a reaction of what is going on inside of your heart. For just for example, you see a snake. There's something that interprets your heart that this is a very dangerous animal. What happened? You react in fear. So it's a processing of information inside of your heart. Okay. Similarly, you see, if you, for those of us who are married, you see your husband or you see your wife talking to a very handsome man or talking to a very or talking to a very beautiful lady, and you have never seen that lady before. You see the two of them getting very cozy. All sorts of imagination start going on in your heart. It is a response to the information that you are receiving. Fear is a reaction to information processed in your mind. And how your mind processes information and interprets the information it receives is a function of the things that you put inside that mind. In other words, if your mind is full of envy, of anger, of animosity, the information you receive will be processed from that lens. If your mind is filled with love and filled with forgiveness, when you receive information, it will be processed based on that. And that is why we have been talking about you guarding your heart. Because when you don't guard your heart, what happens is that when you see information, your heart will process it based on what is inside that heart. That's why the Bible tells us, as a man thinks, so is he. In other words, whatever is feeling your heart will determine how you perceive life. And it will determine how you will respond to life. How your mind processes and interprets the information it receives is a function of the things that influences your mind. So if your mind, like I said, is filled with anger, you will process information like that. If your mind is filled with insecurity, you will process information like that. 
how we respond or react to information our mind processes determine whether you are afraid or you are walking in confidence. Because if you see this information and your heart processes it correctly, you will respond in a different way. So fear is a reaction to information processed in the mind. Number three, fear is also a spiritual entity. It is not just physical. It is not just emotional. It's not just psychological. It's not just something happening in your brain. It's a spiritual entity. And that's what the Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 8. Reading from verse number 15. The Bible tells us that, For therefore you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The same thought is repeated in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1. Reading from verse number 7. The Bible tells us, it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. In other words, there is a spiritual dimension to fear. There is a spiritual dimension to fear and the spiritual entity called fear. And you must understand that it determines how you move forward in life. If you allow it to have access into your mind. There are fears that are normal. Every one of us have our own little fears. Okay, There are fears that are normal. Many will express fear. If for some reason somebody just rushed into this place with a Halloween mask, just come behind you with an alibi, I just say, who? You, I mean, you will be scared. It's normal. Those are, there are normal fear. But there is something that is abnormal about a person who is incapacitated because of the fear of the things that has not even happened. There's something abnormal about it. There is something abnormal about a person who will not allow their children to step out because they have this inordinate fear that something terrible will happen. There is something abnormal about an individual who will not allow their husband to talk to somebody else or will not allow their wife to go to war just because he feels that they are cheating on him. There's something wrong with that kind of a picture. But there is a normal kind of fear. There are fears that are just normal to everybody. But when, that, when, but when fear begins to incapacitate your ability to function, there is a problem. There is a problem. And to fully deal with fear, you must understand not just the physical aspect of fear, but the spiritual aspect of fear. And there are three types of fear that I want to talk to us very quickly about. The first one is the fear of God. Proverbs chapter 1, reading from verse number 7, the Bible tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The Bible is full of reference for the fear of the Lord. If you read the book of Proverbs, you will see countless reference to the fear of the Lord. What the Bible is simply saying is that there are fear and there are fear. There is a fear that is good and there is a fear that is bad. The fear of the Lord is a good fear because it, it, it has a way of directing your life. Now, why is the fear of the Lord good? Why is the fear of the Lord good? Proverbs chapter 10. If you read from verse number 27, there the Bible tells us that the fear of the Lord prolongs your day. But the years of the wicked shall be cut short. Why is the fear of the Lord good? The fear of the Lord is good because it keeps you away from evil. Proverbs chapter 16. Reading from verse number 6. It says, By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. By the fear of the Lord, a man departs from evil. Why is the fear of the Lord good? The fear of the Lord is good because it leads to riches, honor, and life. Proverbs chapter 22. Reading from verse number 4. It says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. So that's why. The Bible is saying there is a fear that is good. That you should have. And that is the fear of the Lord. There is a second type of fear. Which is called the fear of man. The fear of, the, the fear of man. Proverbs chapter 29. Reading from verse number 25. The Bible tells us. He said the fear of man brings a snare. But whoso puts his trust in the Lord. Shall be saved. In other words. The fear of man is something that God is saying. You don't have. It's not good for you. 
You should be afraid of God. You should be, you should reverence God, but not man. You should not fear man. That's what the Bible is saying. And the Lord Jesus Christ specifically warned the people that were walking with him in Matthew chapter 10, reading from verse number 28. The Bible tells us there, he said, Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather, fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. In other words, he's trying to contrast, compare and contrast for you the fear of God and the fear of man. The Lord Jesus Christ is simply saying here, if you need to have fear, you need to fear the Almighty God. Because he's not only able to deal with you in this world, he's able to deal with you in the world after. Say that is the kind of fear. But the fear of man will always put you in snare. Will put you in captivity. Will put you in bondage. In other words, the Bible is telling us the fear of man is not a good fear for you to have. And why is that? The reason is simply because the fear of man puts you in captivity. There's a third kind of fear. And that is where we're going to spend most of our time this year, this morning. The third kind of fear is the fear that I refer to as the fear of the unknown. The fear of the unknown. Matthew chapter 6, reading from verse number 34, the Bible tells us, it says, take therefore no thoughts for tomorrow. For the morrow will take, will take, uh, will take uh, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is evil thereof. In other words, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't be afraid of what tomorrow brings. Because you are in the hands of the one that is able to, who knows tomorrow, who ordered tomorrow. So don't worry about tomorrow. The last category of fear, like I said, is the fear of is the fear of unknown, and that particular fear unknown of the unknown is the anxiety a person experiences every time they encounter a new or unfamiliar uh, uh, situation. You are meeting somebody for the first time. There is that anxiety. You are walking into a new situation, a new an, an, an anxiety, a new job you are about to start, or you are moving into a new state, or you are coming into a new city, or you are meeting, you, know, you are doing something new that is outside of the original, outside of the usual for you. There is that fear, that there's that apprehension, there's that anxiety that goes with it. That is the fear of the unknown. There is a normal part of it, and there is an abnormal part of it. When this fear manifests itself, the individual begins to avoid or retreat into a safe and comfortable space, thereby preventing such individual from moving forward. When you are so much afraid of the unknown, it pushes you to the point where you only try only those things that you know. You only try those things that you are familiar with. You only hang around the people that you are comfortable with. You only do the things that you know that you have control over. But any new thing, you stay away from it. And if you do that, your progress in life is going to be short-circuited. Your progress in life is going to be limited. Because you are not moving. You are being hindered by the fear of the unknown. And the fear of the unknown manifests itself in five different ways. At least according to me, it manifests itself in five different ways. The first one is that you see people... When we're talking about the fear of the unknown, one of the easiest ways it manifests itself is the fear of death. A lot of people, when you talk about the issue of death, they are terrified. Why? Because they have no idea what what, what death looks like. They are afraid of the idea of death. But the Bible makes us to understand that the fear that is in Christ is a new creation. The fear of death is taken away because he has conquered death for us. That's the first way it manifests itself. The second way it manifests itself is the fear of tomorrow. Because you're, you know, the idea of not knowing, not being able to control tomorrow has incapacitated many and has... You know, and has and has helped to create and support a lot of industries. That's why people like my wife have a job. 
because of the people who have fear, inordinate fear of tomorrow. That's why there is an insurance company because of the inordinate fear of tomorrow. That's there are a lot of industries that have been created and a lot of people have been incapacitated because of the fact that they are afraid of what tomorrow holds. Number three, the fear of the unknown manifests itself in the fear of separation. People have what is called the attachment issue. They don't want to let go. They don't want any kind of separation. The fear of abandonment. The fear of rejection. The fear of loss of connectedness. The fear of not being recognized as a person. The fear of not being respected. Not being valued. This is the kind of fear that comes because you don't know. The fear of the unknown. And because of that, people don't want to get close to other people. If you have ever seen a child that has been moved from one foster home to another foster home, they have a problem of getting attached to people. Because they believe, once I get attached to this person, we are going to be, you know, they are going to be taken away. Once I begin to love this person, it's going to go away. Once I begin to move too close to this individual, they begin to go away. So, they have that fear of separation. They don't want to attach to people again. The fourth thing is you have the fear of, cap- of captivity. The fear of captivity is the fear of being immobilized, being paralyzed, being restricted, being overwhelmed, being entrapped, being imprisoned, or otherwise not being able to control circumstances you know, that we don't have that we don't have power over. And that is why a lot of young men, a lot of young women have difficulty committing to marriage. Because they don't want to be they don't want to be trapped. They feel caged. They feel that their options have been restricted. And because they have this fear of unknown and it's reflecting in a fear of captivity, they don't want to tie the knot. And that's why you see them engage with somebody, they start living together for five years, ten years, and they refuse to be able to go and sign the dotted line and say, I'm married to that person because of the fear of captivity. They don't want to be part, they don't want to be restricted, they don't want to be imprisoned, they don't want to have that feeling of not being able to control their situation. And then finally is the fear of shame. The fear of shame, the fear of humiliation, fear of embarrassment, fear of disapproval, that tracing the loss of integrity, the fear of, you know, of shattering or disintegration of one's own self-constructed lo- lovability, capability, and worthiness. In other words, your, fear, your self-importance, your fear of that somebody, something is going to shatter your importance. And that is why when you ask people one of the things that they are most afraid of is the fear of speaking in public. Why? Because they don't want to be humiliated. They don't want to be put to shame. They want to maintain that image that they have built. The fear of shame. These are some of the elements in which the fear of the unknown reveals itself. All these are valid fear. Everyone who is sitting here have one way or the other concerns or anxiety or, or fear on any one of those areas. That is not the issue. The issue is that if this, if this little, little fears begin to consume you and affect your effectiveness and you are not able to be able to become productive in life, then we have a problem. It is good. I mean, it is normal for somebody... On a, on a Halloween night to walk out and see somebody dressed in a scary suit and that person is afraid. It's normal. Normal people will do it. There was a day we were in uh, Home Depot and something interesting happened. You know how in the Home Depot, this people you know, where I were, it's just about a week or two ago, right? Yeah, about two weeks ago. You know, they are in the Halloween mood now. So what they did was that we were looking at fridges and freezers and these uh, associates had this fancy idea that they should put the head of a human being, you know, a, a makeup of a head of a, a severed head of a person, that they should put it in the freezer. 
you know, so that when customers open it, they see the head of that thing. It was a very interesting experience. I wish I had recorded it and played it. It would have been fun. <laughs> she was so scared <laughs> when she opened the fridge and saw the head. She said, "What?" <laughs> she had to call the associate. Said, "This is not funny. This is not funny." <laughs> but the point I'm making is that these are normal. It is normal for you to have those kind of things. It is normal to be scared. It is normal to be, you know, to, to, be to feel a little bit of shame. It is normal to be able to have this, you know, to, 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 be, to, to fear uh, separation and loss and things like that. But the point I'm making is that when it now overpowers you, when it now consumes you, that you are not able to function, you are not able to move forward, you are not able to operate effectively, we have a problem. Yeah. When it is beginning to affect your normal functioning in life, you know that that fear is not normal. And you have to do something about it. The question that before we begin to deal with that fear, the question is, where does fear come from? Where does it come from? Go back to Genesis chapter 3. Reading from verse number 8, the Bible tells us there. It says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. The Bible is telling us, God was having this fellowship with Adam. Every evening they would walk together. They would chit chat. How are the animals doing? What is the name that you give to this one with the long neck? This one with the spotty thing? What do you call it? They were having that conversation. Always enjoying each other's company. Then one day, God was having that conversation. You know, just walking. And before you find out, where is Adam? We're not meeting at the right spot. What happened to you, God? Adam, where are you? Adam said, oh God, I hear your voice. Oh, but I did something terrible. That's why I'm not showing up today. What happened? I'm afraid. Okay? Adam responded in a very, very unusual way. This was not the way that God has been responding to God before. He said, I heard your voice, I was afraid, and I hid myself. And God said, what? Why would you hide yourself? Why would you be afraid of me? We had this conversation, we enjoy each other's company. Why would you be afraid of me? That was the very first time that the word fear, the word afraid, came between his relationship and the, with, the, with the Almighty God. The question was, why was Adam afraid? Why was he afraid? Why are you and I afraid? Why are people afraid in, today, in today's world? Why was Adam afraid? Let me suggest to you a couple of reasons why Adam was afraid. For the same reason Adam is afraid is the same reason that many of us are afraid today. And when, and I can tell you this from scripture, that Adam was afraid when he became disobedient to the constituted authority of the Almighty God. That was when he became afraid. Look at Genesis chapter 3, reading from verse number 11. The Bible, the Lord asked him the question. When he made that statement, I'm afraid. The Lord asked him a question. He said, Has thou eaten of the fruit whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Yeah. And the man said, The woman that you gave me, I love this part. It is the woman's fault. The woman you gave me. If you have not given me the woman, we wouldn't have this problem. It is the woman. Okay? But the point I'm making is that fear comes. Fear comes when you disobey constitutional authority. Do you know normally if you are driving on the highway and you are not speeding, you are doing the speed, you are doing the speed limit, and a police cruiser drives past you, you are not worried. Why? Because you have nothing. I mean, it doesn't bother you. He's doing his own thing. You are doing his own thing. You are doing your own thing. But if you are speeding and you see the cruiser coming, the first thing you do is you take your leg off the gas 
and then you look at your speed gauge to make sure you are in the right spot. If you are in the right spot, you have this cool thing. Your mind will cool down. If your heart is not in that, then you look at your, you look at your rearview mirror. This is the pastor confessing now. The, but the point we are making, <laughs> the point we are making is that fear comes when you disobey constituted authority. Number two, fear comes when you have a wrong perception of the Almighty God. When you have a wrong view of who God is. When you have a wrong view of who your husband is. You have a wrong view of who your wife is. You have a wrong view of who your friend or your partner or your, or your boss at work or the people that you collaborate with. If you have a wrong view of the person that you are working with, your fear will come in. Look at verse number 4. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 4. The Bible says, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be gods, knowing good from evil. In other words, the devil was able to convince Eve that the integrity of the Almighty God should be called to question. The devil was able to convince Eve that God is not who he said he is. The devil was able to convince Eve that God is not a faithful God, that he's not trustworthy, that you should not, you know, you should fend for yourself. And when you begin to question the image of your partner, you begin to question the perception, you have a wrong image of the Almighty God, you have a wrong image of God, you have a wrong image of your father, your mother, your friend, or whoever you are working with, fear will come in. Because you believe that they don't have your best interest at heart. Because if I believe that my friend doesn't have the, my best interest at heart, will I tell him everything? No. If I believe that you are, if I can't trust you, why would I confide in you? Why will I trust you? Why will I release myself unto you? Why would I make myself vulnerable to you if I don't believe that you are trustworthy? If I have a wrong perception of who you are, fear will be a part of that relationship. And that's what happened here. So Adam's fear, your fear and my fear will come when we have a wrong perception of the Almighty God. Number three, where does fear come from? Fear comes when we have a wrong perception of ourselves. If you see yourself in the light that God has not painted you, if you see yourself in a picture, if you have a picture of yourself that is completely different from the picture that the Almighty God has painted out of you, you will be afraid. Look at verse number 10. The Bible said, and he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, I was afraid. Why? Because I was naked and I hid myself. In other words, when you see yourself as naked, when you see yourself as being, as being inadequate, when you see yourself as being insecure, when you see yourself as somebody who is not quality, who is not worthy of that fine young man, or not worthy of that beautiful woman, or not worthy of the job that you have been given, or not worthy of the position that you are occupying, what happens is that fear and intimidation will rule your heart, and you will begin to act in a way that is not in accordance with that position and that thing that God has given unto you. You will not be able to move forward if you have a wrong perception of yourself. Adam's fear came because he had a wrong perception of who he was. Number four, where does fear come from? Fear comes when you believe a lie. Either a lie about yourself, a lie about God, a lie about your situation, a lie about your relationship, a lie about your finances, whatever it is, if you believe a lie, fear will follow. This is what happened to Eve. Look at verse number 3 and 4. The serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. The Lord has already told them, Don't touch it. But he said, You shall not surely die. You know what? God is lying. 
Do it. Don't worry about it. For God knows that the day that you eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened and you shall be a God knowing good and evil. You know what? God knows that when you touch this thing, when you enjoy this thing, you're going to come into a new realm of understanding. And God doesn't want you to have it because God is very selfish. He wants to keep it unto himself. He doesn't want you to become part of it. So what happened? You taste it so that you can be like God's. And that is the lie that Eve believed. And my brothers and sisters, if you believe that same lie about yourself, you will end up living a life of fear. If you believe a lie that you are inadequate, if you believe a lie that you are not able to be able to, you are not, you are not, you cannot be a success. If you believe a lie that you are in a, that that you are not qualified for a particular thing, you will find out that you will operate under that condition. And when you do, success will become far away. Number five, where does fear come from? Fear comes. When you hang out or you keep company with the wrong set of people. When you keep company with the wrong set of people. Look at verse number 3. Genesis chapter 3. Reading from verse number 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Has God said that ye should not eat of the tree of the garden? In other words, Eve started having conversation with the wrong kind of person. When you are married and you are having a conversation with the wrong set of people... When you are trying to succeed in life and you are listening to losers, we are trying to be able to make ends meet and you are listening to people who are not who are who are who are living a dubious life. If you mix with the wrong crowd, fear will definitely follow. Please understand the progression. If you see a man or a woman in a relationship, as soon as they start hanging with the wrong set of people, they will start to hear all sorts of things about their relationship and they begin to act in accordance. That misinformation they begin to act upon it. And if they begin to act on that misinformation, they begin to see their partner, see their friend, see their boss, see their relationship in a wrong line. And before you know what happening they start pushing the people who love them away thank you very much for listening to our program today we invite you to join us every sunday at 10 a.m for our sunday worship service at 2711 murfreesboro road in antioch tennessee we also host bible study and prayer meetings every friday at 7 p.m Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on facebook twitter and youtube Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.